0: The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. We are back at her for another week. Good to have you here. John Scholes alongside. It is Alex Luchafaro. He is going to be answering all of your questions over the next half hour. So that means the phone lines are open. We are ready to rock and roll. So anything to do with your employment life? Anything has got you bothered at work? Maybe a severance offer is coming your way. Maybe you've got one and you're thinking, I don't think this is legit. I think it's too small. Probably almost guarantee it is. Trouble with the boss, workplace harassment, still questions about vaccines or otherwise. Doesn't matter. Bring it on. Ready to go. 416-870-6400. The topic for this next half hour will be severance packages, key things to know. But Alex, we always start off with the week that was, the case of the day, pal. What do you got
1: going on? Hey, John. Thanks very much. Great to be here as usual. Uh, Great to be back live on the air talking employment law. Lots of different... uh, Uh, Subjects you mentioned, whether it's severance or temporary layoffs or uh, we've been receiving lots of uh, lots of calls most recently, uh, John, about poisoned work environments, about difficult uh, work environments and bosses bullying employees or other employees, bullying colleagues. It's something that for one reason or another uh, seemed quite the hot topic over the past several weeks. At our office. But listen, whether it's workplace Mm -hmm. harassment or severance or any other issue under the employment law, son, if it has to do with your employment, uh, with your work, we cover it all here on this very show. And as you said, John, this is a live call in show. We're here to take calls. We're here to answer any and all questions that our listeners have about their employment situation. So please feel free to call in. There are absolutely no bad questions when it comes to covering your workplace rights And we speak to people every day, uh, quite simply that, uh, I mean, number one, have employment law questions, uh, John, and want those questions answered. They want advice. Mm -hmm. They want to be helped in solving their workplace situation. They also, John, thank us for doing this show, thank us for informing the public on what their legal rights are when it comes to employment law. And listen, our callers on this show are a huge part of that, no matter how big or small you think your problem or your question is. It's always an important one. Because by calling in and asking your question, not only are you giving us a chance to actually help you and help you solve your own workplace problem, but trust me, you're going to be helping a lot of other people out there who are in exactly the same kind of situation or a very similar situation uh, and are looking for that guidance, looking for that help. So please, we want to hear from you. It's your chance to speak with an employment lawyer. Again, get your employment question uh, answered. So again, give us a call. Case of the day, uh, uh, John, this is a matter that I was dealing with just this morning, although it's a little bit of a longer standing matter. I spoke to a gentleman, uh, John, uh, several weeks back now. We've had a couple of uh, we had a couple of initial conversations. Again, this is going going back several weeks. And this gentleman was having a hard time at his uh, work. He had been on a medical leave of absence. He was a little overwhelmed in his job. So he decided to take a medical leave with the support of his doctor, which is, of course, completely legitimate and allowed. And. Remember, an employer cannot punish you for taking a medical leave of absence. They have to accommodate that. They have to respect a medical leave of absence. However, the problems persisted. When this gentleman returned back to work, uh, John, he felt like it actually made the situation worse. His employer was nitpicking on every little thing that he did or didn't do. His employer was, you know, checking every single piece of his work and kind of just really... Over, uh, overbearing him in his employment and really just giving him a hard time. And again, this was after a medical leave of absence. And it got to the point where he had to take another medical leave. He was kind of so overwhelmed by the stress of the job that he actually decided to take a second medical leave of absence again with the support of his doctor. And that's when he reached out to me, uh, John. And he had a, we had a conversation, a very frank, very honest conversation. And he said, you know, listen, I don't feel well in this job. I don't feel like I'm being supported. I feel like my employer's opinion of me has changed since I took that original medical leave of absence. And he wanted to know what his options were, John. And I told him, well, listen, one of the options is to try and negotiate an exit package and get you moving on to new employment. We took the position, uh, John, that the employer was treating him differently and therefore discriminating against him. Because it was a kind of being overbearing following his return for a medical leave uh, of absence. And we took the position effectively that the employer had, had kind of uh, made the situation so toxic, so intolerable, that this employee was effectively constructively dismissed. A constructive huh. dismissal happens when an employer basically breaches the terms of employment. In this case, by creating a hostile work environment, and therefore the employee is allowed to effectively resign their employment, but is owed severance. So what happened, John, is I reached out to this employer. We contacted the employer. We laid out this argument to the, uh, to the employer. This was just before the holidays, so uh, you know a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and... I spoke to uh, uh, the employer's lawyer over the phone a couple of times, and lo and behold, we have effectively negotiated an exit package for this employee on the basis that he's been terminated. Uh, And they have offered him a fair, reasonable severance package. And so this gentleman is going to get the severance that he's owed. He's going to be able to get to move on to new employment, uh, John. And the reason why I mention this is you know, he wouldn't have had this option. He would have probably just quit. He would have just resigned his employment and moved on. But what he did is he contacted us and he explored his options. And we took a chance effectively in in trying to negotiate an exit uh, package here, although there was certainly some grounds to do so. And this gentleman is going to get a proper severance package and not have to work in this toxic work environment anymore. And again, the reason why I mentioned this, John, is simply because You know, there is value there for any employee dealing with a difficult work environment, dealing with a stressful work environment, or dealing with a situation where you you feel like your employer just isn't treating you right. A lot of times in those situations, there is a legal argument there. There is potentially a claim there for these employees. And all it really takes is to reach out to an employment lawyer, have that discussion, figure out what your options are. And a lot of times, and this is just one example of many, a lot of times we're able to negotiate an exit package we're able to negotiate some sort of resolution uh, to an employee's problems, make that employee happy, and again, get them moving on in their employment to hopefully, in this case, a job that this gentleman truly enjoys in a more positive work.
0: And that is a good way to open that sucker up. Alex, we'll take our first quick little break here and dive right back into the show. If we got some time, we'll get to email. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Employment Law Show continues. Hang on. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. We are live and standing by for your phone calls. John Scholes here along with Alex Jafferro, Kirstie, Sam Firoud, Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. To reach out to Alex anytime afterwards, you can go to help at employmentlawyer.ca and then one 821 5900 You also have the advantage of having a free and anonymous website at your disposal pocketemploymentlawyer.ca severance calculators uh, included in that as well. So you can use that anytime you would like free of charge and uh, learn more all the time, right? Okay. Severance packages, key things to know. First one, and I know you get this question all the time, Alex, is there a difference between severance pay, termination pay, pay in lieu of notice, all these different terms, right?
1: Yeah, we get this question very often, uh, uh, John. And I mean, really the simplest answer here is there is absolutely no difference whether we're talking severance or termination pay or as you very well mentioned pay in lieu of notice is oftentimes what it's referred to really what we're talking about here when we talk you know and we'll use the term severance just kind of more generally sure we're talking about an employee's entitlements as a result of the termination of their employment period full stop we can call it what we want uh, again, whether it's severance or termination pay or pay in lieu of notice, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about what an employee is owed when an employer decides to let that employee go. And that's an important kind of minor distinction here, uh, John. And we get uh, you know this question a lot of times in the context of retirement. A lot of people will contact us asking, well, am I owed severance if I retire my employment? And that's not technically a terminate. I mean, it's a termination of your employment, but it's the employee effectively ending the employment a relationship. Keep in mind, severance is owed when an employer decides to end the employment relationship. It's what we call a termination without cause. Or alternatively, the second possibility, as I was referring to in the case of the day, is what we call a constructive dismissal. So that refers to when an employer makes a significant change to the terms of employment that can also lead to a termination, mm-hmm. uh, although I, I guess that's a, you know, what we can consider effectively a breach of contract uh, rather than an out and out, uh, out and out termination of employment in kind of the usual way that we think about things. So, whatever we want to, you know, whatever title we want to slap on uh, on what an employee is owed when they're let go, John, whether we call it severance or termination pay or pay in lieu of uh, of notice, it comes down to an employee's entitlements once they've been. Uh, let go, we can get into a little bit more detail about severance in a sec, but it doesn't matter what you call it. It matters what the employee is owed,
0: Well, yeah, you mentioned that, and that sec is coming right now, a of an easy one over the plate for you, and that is how big should someone's severance package be if they lose their job?
1: Yeah, so it is a, uh, a obviously case specific uh, analysis, uh, John, and again, our long-time listeners will know this very, very uh, well. It's certainly not a mathematical formula of one or two weeks per year of service. That is not what severance is. Severance is going to be based on an employee's age, their years of service with the same employer, and their position with that employer. The analysis isn't overly complicated. John, the longer you've been with the same company, the older you are, the more uh, senior or the more specialized, perhaps, your position is, the more severance you're going to get. I can tell you uh, that... For longer service employees, particularly in management level positions or senior level positions, and particularly those employees that are closer to, let's say, 60 or 65, those employees are going to be looking at effectively their maximum severance entitlements, which could be as much as 24 months, two years of pay. So when you ask, John, quite specifically, how big uh, can an employee's severance package be, it could be two years of pay. John which is you know a heck of a lot of money let's be honest but again for a you know for an employee that's you know been with an employer for decades uh right and I'm just talking maybe 20 years or so could be less if your position is very senior and you're quite older um you know to get to 24 months isn't terribly uh terribly uncommon uh, or terribly difficult but again you you have to and analyze the situation based on those various criteria. Another interesting wrinkle here, if I can throw it in the mix, is that you know, a lot of times most employee most employees will think, well, if I'm just a maybe a, a one-year employee, my severance entitlements are going to be minimal, right? They may, maybe they'll be one or two weeks if I'm just a one-year employee. And that's actually not the case, quite interestingly. And this is very clear in our law. Quite interestingly, even a six month or eight month or 10 month or one year employee, you've only been with the company for several months or for a year, even those employees, John, are going to be looking at a few months of severance. They're probably going to be looking at anywhere between two and maybe four or five months of severance, again, depending on their age, depending on their position. But those short service employees, John, are are entitled to proportionately longer severance periods. Uh, and so that one or two weeks, again, it doesn't even apply for short service employees. It's really a myth that, you know, we've tried to bust over many, many years now.
0: How about the employment agreement can, and how does that affect that severance package?
1: Yeah. And this is, uh, this is an interesting question, uh, that is, that is relevant, uh, John, I would say in maybe 10% of matters of, you know, individuals, for example, that we speak to on any given day. And and I would say it is particularly the, the case for short service employees, because, you know, I can tell you if you signed an employment agreement that is two or three or four or five or more years old, I can almost guarantee that that employment agreement is not going to limit your severance entitlements in any way even if there is termination language in that employment agreement, even if there's language in there that tries to limit your severance entitlements, the law has changed so much, John, when it comes to termination language in an employment agreement that, again, a contract that's more than a couple of years old probably isn't worth the paper it's written on when it comes to mm-hmm. severance. It's highly unlikely that it'll ever limit an employee's severance entitlements. Now, I should I do want to mention, however, that if you're a recent... Uh, you know, If you're a new hire, for example, and you are signing off on state-of-the-art 2023 employment agreements, <laughs> I have to say there's a decent chance, and, I, and that's what I like to call them, you know, you know state-of-the-art, up-to-date uh, employment contracts that have been most recently reviewed by an employment lawyer. Uh, there's a chance, John, that that contract contains a paragraph or a few paragraphs that limit your severance entitlements. And so... If you are receiving a job offer, if you are out there in the job market looking for a job and you get an offer that's two or three or four or five pages long and there's a paragraph there that either is titled termination or that speaks about what the employer can and can't do if you're let go, chances are it may very well limit your severance entitlements. You have to know what you're signing. Make sure, for example, if you're a senior employee Right, you don't want to agree to a severance provision that's going to limit you to your you no bare bone minimum entitlements, yep. potentially you want to be able to negotiate some sort of severance package as a senior or managerial or specialized employee so you know and we listen, we review employment contracts all the time for employees because again there's language out there to this effect that will limit their severance entitlements that might allow the employer uh to do things that ordinarily they might not be able. Uh, to do. But again, if you're a longer service employee, and I'll make uh, as you could tell, John, I could probably talk about this topic for an hour straight. But last point on this particular question if you are a longer service employee and you're let go from your job and your employer tells you, oh, you signed an employment contract that limits your severance, so you're only owed X or you're only owed Y, do not take your employer's word for it. Because again, if you're a longer service employee or even a, you know, just a couple of year employee, Chances are that language in your employment contract is not going to limit your severance entitlements. Yeah. Before you accept any kind of offer from your employer, make sure you speak with an employment lawyer. Do not accept any severance offers. I don't care how good it looks without speaking to an employment lawyer. First, you could be leaving tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table. That's not, that's not an exaggeration, John. I've seen it before with my own two eyes
0: talk about key things to know when it comes to severance packages. Can an employer force the employee to accept a severance package by a certain deadline? Because I mean, every, every package has one, but it's a matter of you know, whether you take it
1: seriously or not, I guess, right? Yeah, absolutely. Every single severance uh, package that, that, or severance offer that we see on, does come with a deadline. And you know, let's, let's be honest here, the deadline's there for a reason. It's there to intimidate employees into feeling the pressure of having to accept that offer. Uh, And again, you know, speaking of having seen things with my own two eyes, I've seen employees bow to that pressure, Uh, John, of feeling forced to sign off on a severance offer because there was a deadline in place. And unfortunately, you know, whether that pressure is justified or not, by the way, it isn't. uh, But when an employee signs in that situation and then hands those papers back to the employer, and there's nothing to be done about it at that point in time you've done, you're done you've accepted there's been an offer and an acceptance and that's a binding contract you can get as much legal advice as you want after the fact it won't help you and hence my point about making sure you speak with an employment lawyer first but my yeah. more you know taking a step back my more general advice would be don't let those deadlines intimidate you there is absolutely no legalities here around a particular deadline whether it's 3 days or a week, or two weeks, or a month. There is no law out there that says that you have to sign off on a severance uh, package within that amount of time, and guess what? Your legal entitlements, what you are owed, doesn't change one minute after that deadline expires. That's not the way severance works, and ultimately, and again, uh, something we've said on the show quite often, ultimately an employee has two years, John, from the date of their termination to pursue a severance package. Don't want to wait, you know, even two yeah. months perhaps to negotiate nope. a severance package, but you definitely don't want to wait two years. But again, my point there is that don't let the deadline intimidate you. Either ask for an extension, and that's something that I see very, very often. Employers will extend whatever deadlines uh that, that they provide. If you wanna, you know, if you if you want to kind of play ball here and be nice to the your former employer now, ask for an extension, uh, or otherwise. Let the deadline lapse. Make sure you speak to an employment lawyer first. I don't care what the deadline is because again, chances are what you're being offered by your employer is going to be deficient. You're going to be owed more than what they're offering you. And again, that deadline does not matter one single penny in a situation like that.
0: Let's get to, uh, to Amir. Hi, Amir. Thanks for hanging on there, pal. How are you?
1: Hey, not too bad.
0: Good. What's your question, pal?
1: Um, I got a question. Um, okay, so if you're on a disability, say I've been on it for about three years now, and do you find it common that um, employers will buy you out, or
0: is it just like it's up to the employer? Like, is it a common thing?
1: When you say buy you out, Amir, do you mean effectively kind of let you go and offer you some side sort of some sort of severance? Yes. Yeah. it, it So uh, it, it really depends on the specifics of the circumstances. If it's the case, Amir, that, that the odds are slim, that there's effectively no chance that you'll be able to return back to work, then it's yeah. not uncommon at all for your employer to, to decide. And, and quite frankly, you as an employee can also decide yourself to say, you know what, yeah. I'm effectively permanently disabled. I'll never be able to work uh, again. In that case, absolutely, you're owed some amount of severance uh, and your employer can decide to end the relationship. That said, I'll give you maybe the other other side of the coin here, which is that if – and that's in a case where you're, again, effectively permanently disabled or the chances of you coming back to work in the near future are very, very slim, if not impossible – Okay. If, however, there is a chance that you're able that you're going to be able to return back to work, and it's a decent chance, and your doctor's saying, well, sure, you need more time, but you may be able to return back in the near future, well, then your employer shouldn't be letting you go in that situation. I mean, they should be holding your job for you. And if they pull the trigger too quickly in letting an employee go who's on a medical leave of absence, listen, that might be discrimination on the basis of disability. Uh, And so it really, uh, again, it goes back to whether uh, an employee is permanently disabled or not, whether there's a chance that they'll be able to return back to work in the foreseeable future. If there isn't a chance, they are correct in deciding to end the employment contract. If there is a chance this employee might be able to come back, even at three years, Amir, they may be pulling the trigger too quickly, as I said.
0: Okay, okay. So it's uh, it all depends on what the doctor say if you can go back or you're you won't be able to go back.
1: That's exactly right, and it is your doctor who effectively uh, calls the shots in that situation because it's their professional opinion that matters and that will ultimately dictate you know, again what the employer can and can do. If they're saying you're per, if your doctor is confirming that you're permanently disabled. Uh, then the employer would be allowed to end the employment relationship in a case like that. It's what we call a mere frustration of contract. What that effectively means is, you know, by no fault of your own, and quite frankly, by no fault of the employer, the employment relationship simply is unable to continue because of this outside factor being your disability. And in that case, you are owed severance, um, and the employer is allowed to let an employee go. You know, I've seen situations, Amir, where even five years into a medical leave of absence, the employer pulls the trigger too quickly. The employer cannot let that employee go. So the number of years that you've been off of work doesn't necessarily matter. What matters is, again, your prognosis, whether you're going to be able to return or not.
0: And with that, we are just about done for Monday, Amir. Good stuff. Thanks for calling in, Alex. Awesome, as always, pal. You want to reach out to Alex now, you can do so. Moving forward, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the email address. And again, I tell you, to go there right away, even before the phone call. And uh, get your learn on and reach out as well at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Employment Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.